Hi, welcome to our Ranch Church podcast, recorded live from our Sunday experience. Our church is on an adventure with Jesus, holding live gatherings in and around the Rancho Mission Viejo community as the building that will be our next church home finishes construction. Do you want to join us for service this Sunday? The best way to stay up to date with where we are meeting is getting our weekly email. Sign up for that via the Connect card in the description of today's episode. Good morning, God is good. And I don't know if you've had a chance if, to, to, to follow the B-Shores on Instagram over the last week, but they are in the Holy Land, and it is an amazing trip. Yesterday, Katie posted um, some photographs of all of her kids being baptized in the Sea of Galilee, and it was just the coolest thing. So good morning once again. I am Miss Kathy, the donut lady, not doing the donuts today. Um, we're not sure how the coffee is today. We tried, but we didn't have a spoon. So is it all right? Thank you, because when there's no spoon, it's, it's rather challenging. All righty. Well, this morning... We got more donuts. God is good. We knew. We knew. And, and that, that is a great segue to our talking about faith today. Right? Faith in the sweets. Faith in the donuts. Faith in the coffee. Actually, that is the opposite of faith. And we're going to talk about that today. We are in a new series. The new series is called Adventureful. And we are going to spend some time in the book of Hebrews looking at the Hall of Faith. Now, I didn't grow up in the church, so I had no idea what the Hall of Faith was, so I had to look it up. Um, and um, it's similar to the Hall of Fame, and it is really it's, it's an area of um, the Bible in Hebrews where the author takes us back to the Old Testament and introduces us or reintroduces us to some of the heroes of faith. Um, from, from, from days gone by, as I used to say when I taught sixth grade, a bunch of dead guys and um, the awesome things that they did for the Lord then. Um, so we're going to take a deep dive in the next few weeks into Hebrews 11. Um, these folks were known as heroes because of who they were and how they trusted and they obeyed God no matter what. They obeyed God no matter what. In fact, they were, they had, switch hands here, um, they had courage. They trusted. They were the people that we kind of strive to be now as Christians, um, and they persevered. And so today, that same faith that the heroes of old had is the same faith that leads us on our adventure with Jesus. The word faith is used more times in the book of Hebrew than any other book in the uh, Hebrews than any other book in the Bible. In fact, it's called the faith chapter. And so today we're going to focus on what faith is. But before we do that, thinking about what faith is not. Faith is not the hope that there will be more donuts. Although I sometimes I like to think of it that way. Faith is not simply positive thinking. It's not a hunch, a feeling, a shot in the dark. It's not really hoping for the best or making a wish. Boy, I have faith those shoes are still going to be available and they're going to be on sale. Faith is none of these things. That, those definitions are wrong. But you know what? The word faith is used in place of words like optimism, in place of words like wishful thinking. 
And so when we look at what faith truly is, we need to look to the Bible. And we need to look to Hebrews 11. And on your outline, there are a few verses there for you. The first and second verses, along with the sixth, taken together, help define faith. They give us really what the ingredients are for faith. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we see now did not come from anything that can be seen. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And so we begin our deep dive into the heroes of faith. The author of Hebrews chose these Old Testament characters because their faith was based on what they knew about God. Not simply what they had heard, not simply what their friends had said, but what they truly knew about God, what they had seen that God did. They had courage. And many times, God called them to move into places that were completely unknown. God called them to do those things that were scary. And yet, they had that faith to step. They trusted in an unseen reality. And as we move back into the Old Testament and we, we look at these heroes of faith, we think about, wow, they weren't really around for very long. They were pretty new to this earth, and yet they had seen God show up. Their faith came from knowing that God is real. You see, if I can see something or I can touch it, I really don't need any faith, okay? I don't need faith that there's a chair right there. I don't need faith that Joel is sitting right in front of me because I can see him. It is not a faith thing. Faith is needed for what I can't see or touch, as the Bible said. Faith is that what, is what I have in that which is unseen. So I saw the kids this morning. I saw that they were here. I knew that they were at church. And I have faith that they are upstairs connecting with each other because I know that we have volunteers up there. Miss Holly and her team are up there with our children today. So I have faith in that. Now, I'm optimistic that they will all be back next week because they are upstairs with all the kids. And it can be a little bit challenging. So my faith is that I know they are up there and I know that the kids are learning. I just really hope they come back next week. All right, um, I would like to, let's, let's give you an example if I could do that. Um, my fabulous son-in-law Ryan is here. Ryan, would you please approach, approach the podium for us? We have a little example here, all righty, and I'm going to put the microwave, microwave, this is not a microwave, uh, the microphone down for a moment, use my teacher voice. All right, Ryan, welcome, welcome thank to Ranch you, Church. Thank you for having me. Oh, it is my pleasure, it's my pleasure. I have all, all the relatives are here. My daughter, Krista, her husband, Ryan, and then of course my daughter, Danielle, and her husband, Connor, who led worship today. And so I'd like you to please place this over your eyes. Place this over your eyes, thank you. All right, how's it looking? Dark. Can you see it looking dark? <laughs> yep. All right, okay, okay. Well, I'm gonna give you some very specific directions today, Ryan, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, Ryan, I'd like you to take a step forward, please. 
completely here all right and so if I were to ask you right now to just go ahead and sit right down how would you feel about that not great <laughs> okay all right I am your mother-in-law you do have to do what I say. <laughs> right? all right so um, I'd like you to just go ahead and have a seat that would be the children having fun I think I'm happy okay, I'm happy I just need you to trust me go ahead and sit down I, I don't know if I can. I think you can. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. Say it. Oh, Rachel, that was actually really scary. That was very scary, right? It took a lot of courage, didn't it? Yeah. He had to do what was unseen. He had to trust me. He had to follow every one of my directions because if I hadn't given him the directions that he needed, he might have fallen on the floor. <laughs> Now, if you think about that, think about our God yeah. and how he, how he gives us directions. God does not want us to fall on the floor. God does not go sit up, up on a cloud and say to us, all right, who can I make fall on the floor right now? God gives us specific directions, but it's up to us to trust him. It is up to us to trust him and to have that courage that is necessary in order, to, um, in order to move on. So that's what faith is. That is a definition of faith. It's not being able to see, but trusting the one who can see. When we can't see, we can trust the one who can see. So now we're going to skip ahead a little bit, another verse to Hebrews eleven seven, and have a look at our friend Noah. Noah, a man of faith. In uh, Hebrews 11:7, it says, It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. There is no question that God communicated the message loud and clear to Noah. In fact, his exact words, according to the NLT, were, Look, I am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die. So that's the really hard part of the Noah story. Everything on earth will die. God says, I am going to flood the earth. At that time, God was looking down at his creation in that time of history, and he was not thankful. He was not delighted. He was not proud of his people. In fact, he was the complete opposite. In Genesis 5 and 6, 
The Bible tells us that when the Lord observed mankind and saw that everything about them was full of wickedness, wickedness, he was sorry he had ever placed them on the earth. Every person, every animal, every large animal, every small animal, every bird that flew in the sky, he was ready to wipe them all off the face of the earth. But the Bible says, Noah found favor with the Lord. Noah found favor with the Lord. Imagine this, all of mankind is filled with violence, debauchery. Noah was, the Bible says, the only blameless person living on earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. Because Noah lived righteously, God extended grace to him, extended grace to him, and God provided a plan for Noah and his family to escape his wrath. Now, blameless does not mean sinless. Noah was not sinless. There's only one sinless man that ever walked the face of the earth, and it was Jesus Christ. But blameless meant he had integrity. He walked with God. He believed in God. His reputation was being a good man. Again, he was one that could be trusted. Noah could. And the Bible says Noah was the only one on the whole earth. So growing up, I thought I knew the story of Noah, right? It's a pretty, pretty straightforward story. I, I know the song. I didn't even go to Sunday school, but I knew the song. So Noah, he built himself an arky-arky, and um, he took a couple months. He built the ark. The animals came on by twosies, twosies. Elephants and kangaroosies, I remember that. There was a, a big flood. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. There was a dove. There was an olive branch, right? Yeah, there was some leaves involved, um, maybe, a, maybe some dry land. There was a rainbow of promise, and it was done. And that's what I knew of it. The story of Noah is a little bit more complex than that. God's plan was for Noah to build a boat. And that seems simple enough to build a boat. And a lot, most, most uh, business was done in fisheries it's, and, and fishing and on boats and all that. So you would think it would not be a big deal. However, Genesis says that Noah was given specific directions for building his boat. So it says he had, he had to make it large enough to house himself and his wife, his three sons, oh, a pair of every small animal, a pair of every large animal, seven pairs of every kind of bird, which is a lot, seven pairs of each animal approved for eating and sacrifice. Oh, and don't forget, you need to pack enough food for you, your wife, your kids, oh, and all of the animals. Not only that, he's provided specific instructions for the ark itself. Construct the ark, God said, out of gopher wood and cover it with pitch inside and out to make it waterproof. Ensure that it is about one and a half football fields, I don't know which translation that is, one and a half football fields in length, taller than a four-story house in height, and 75 feet across. Make sure there's an 18-inch gap between the roof, uh, below the roof, and uh, probably the giraffe, the tallest animal, just so that there's some air circulation. I have to say, 18 inches isn't very much for that many animals. Um, build a lower, middle, and upper deck inside it, along with rooms and stalls. So you see God has given very, very specific instructions to Noah to build this boat. It was not an easy boat to build. And so Noah got to work. But Noah at the time was 500 years old. 
500 years old. So Noah is a picture of faith. When God told Noah to build the ark, there were no signs of rain. In fact, it had never rained before. Noah had never seen rain. He didn't know what rain looked like. And yet God said, build a boat, it's gonna rain. And so Noah did. However, it was 120 years before the rain came. Noah had to wait 120 years, but Noah believed, and that is faith. He knew it was coming. He couldn't see it, he couldn't feel it, but God said it. And so, like that song we sang earlier, Noah said yes. Noah said yes, I'll build that boat for you. Noah's faith was based on God's word to him. It was not based on what anyone else had said. It wasn't, certainly wasn't based on, the, on having seen rain before, or oh, it's gonna be another big one. He'd never seen it before. It was simply based on God's word, not emotion, the knowledge that God is real and God's word is true. Noah said it, God said it, Noah believed it, and God's a man of his word. Noah didn't have to muster up his faith, he didn't have to worry about having faith in his capabilities or his family's help, certainly. Um, he didn't even have to have faith that the animals would behave. Noah had faith in God. Now imagine what Noah's neighbors thought. Here's this guy, 500 years old, waiting around for 120 years for something he'd never seen before. What a wackadoodle. I can't imagine. They must have walked by him thinking, what is this guy doing? Noah's building a boat 500 miles from the ocean. So he's in the middle of the desert, putting together this giant boat that's a thousand times too big for his family. Oh, and it's full of a bunch of smelly animals. But remember, God said, Noah, build that boat. And so Noah did. And imagine that entire time, Noah, when people asked him what he was doing, he had sermons, he had things he was saying, he was out there preaching the word. He was out there preaching that, hey, God is gonna flood the earth. He's gonna destroy the earth with this thing called rain. You better get right. You better figure it out, people. And yet not one person, the Bible said, came to believe in God. 120 years of sermons, not one person came to believe in God. In fact, I have this picture in my head of this really old guy with a beard down to the ground holding up a sign that says, the end is near. <laughs> and when we see those, we walk by and go, oh, okay, kind of wacky. But that's sort of the picture that I see. And people were walking by saying, this guy is wacky. Why should I follow him? Because he followed God. And so the rain finally came. Noah showed us that faith has a basis. Faith has a foundation, and that foundation is the word of God. It is based on his good and perfect word. God will do what he says he will do. When God called Noah, he was ready to answer, and that is a lesson for us to learn. But remember, that flood didn't come for 120 years. You and I, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know when things are gonna happen for us, but we know who holds our future. Yeah. We know that God holds our future. Noah was expectant. expectant. He knew he had to wait. He didn't know how long he would have to wait, and yet he waited. He built that boat and he waited because he knew the rain was coming. 
If you look ahead to the New Testament in Matthew chapter 14, Jesus, Jesus appears to his disciples while they are on a boat. He appears to his disciples and he says to Peter to step out of the boat and walk on water. And Jesus says to him, take courage, do not be afraid. And so Peter got out of the boat right then and there. And yes, he took a few steps on the water. He got out of the boat and he saw his faith at work right away, immediately. The moment he stepped out of the boat. That's one of my favorite quotes. Um, if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. But sometimes, Noah reminds us that we're called by God and God's plan is not immediately evident. We don't immediately know. We don't immediately get the reward or see the promise fulfilled. We don't always just hop out of the boat and walk on water. Sometimes we have to wait. Sometimes we have to build the boat. Sometimes we have to build the boat and trust in God's timing, trust that God is going to use the boat. But we have to wait for it. Means we move forward in the face of the unknown. We may not have the answers. In fact, the plan might even seem very incomplete to us. And yet when God calls us, we know that we need to answer. That's what faith is. We can answer when he calls because God takes care of us. God is not going to let us fall on the ground. He's going to put the chair there for us when we need it. Um, my husband was an attorney for 20 years. My husband, back in the back, doing the, uh, doing the sound. Rich, Rich the sound guy. So the whole family's here. It's very exciting. Um, he had his own law firm. He had lots of business, which was fantastic, but his heart just didn't feel right as an attorney. It was, it was good. He would come home from work, though. It was tired. He argued all day. Um, people never pay their attorneys. That's the last person who gets paid. Um, and he was tired of being in a collection agency, I think, was part of it as well. But really what it was was, was um, sort of an exhaustion when it came to the arguing and, and, and always having to sort of be in the middle of things that, that just did not always make a lot of sense. Anyway, long story short, he taught a few classes um, in law school and he thought, oh, I kind of like this. This is, this, is kind of, this is kind of fun. And so um, we, uh, we, we talked as a family and Rich felt God calling him to a completely different career. Lots of years of college, lots of years of work, and yet pretty much thinking, God wants me to do something else with my life. And so as a family, we built the boat. We built the boat, and we were in the middle of the desert. We could have waited until the time was right. We could have waited um, until the lease ran out or, or the clients paid their final bill, which would have never happened. Um, it took time. He had to earn another degree had to find that teaching job, and yet God was faithful. Yeah. And God made it happen. The waiting was hard. He didn't just step out of the boat and boom, I'm a teacher. It took a lot of work, and it took a lot of faith in God as well. Philippians 2.13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power that pleases him. Sometimes you just have to build the boat and then God will do the rest. But we can't wait for the rain before we start building. Okay, that's something that we need to remember. If Noah had waited for those first raindrops, he wouldn't have had the boat built in time. It took him 
120 years to build the boat. If he had waited for it to rain, he would have been in big trouble. It doesn't take a lot of faith to put up an umbrella once it starts raining. Thinking about that way. If we wait until the time is right, it'll be too late. What we need to remember is that God does the planning. It is God's plans that we need to pray about and think about. And then we do the preparing. In Jeremiah 29, uh, verses 11 through 13, he says, for I, God says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. You will find me. God does not say, hey, Kathy, uh, let me know some plans that you come up with and we'll see if I can bless them for you. No. God has plans for me. He has plans for you. He had plans for Rich. He has plans for all of us. Those are the plans that we want to be our plans. In Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and pleasing and perfect will. How do I know? That it's God's plan for me. It takes time. It takes prayer. It takes trust. Trust in him to lead us in the direction that we need to go. I think that it is very cool that Noah's focus was on his creator and not culture. His focus was on his creator rather than his culture. There are voices surrounding Noah telling him he's wrong. He's crazy. He's a whack job. He doesn't know what he's doing. What is this rain thing? It's not even misty out. What's mist? There's no thunder. There's no lightning. There's nothing. What are you doing? But Noah did not allow the world to tell him he was wrong. He did not allow the, word, the world to influence his belief in God. He still believed Noah was faithful because he, God was faithful. Noah had faith in him. And God, and so it is a good thing that he didn't let the world dictate what it was that he needed to do. If for one second he had given in to the people's mockery, if for one second he had given in to the teasing and the ridicule, etc., mankind would cease to exist. If Noah hadn't built that boat and got on it with all the critters in the world, we wouldn't be here. We have his faith in God to thank for that. There wouldn't have been a boat, there wouldn't have been animals, there would have just been a big old flood, and that would have been it. But Noah's faith was real. He was steadfast, he was obedient like Ryan, he listened to the directions that God gave him so he could discern God's perfect will for his life and the future of the world. I think you probably know a little bit about mockery, you probably know a little bit about living in a world where the morals are a little bit different, where our beliefs are a little bit different, your beliefs are a little bit different. This is a hard time right now to be alive. This is a hard time to raise kids. This is a hard time to be a Christian. And yet, God is faithful. We serve the same God today that Noah served when he built that boat. The same God that looked down and saw Noah's faithfulness is looking at you and me today. 
The same God that placed a large calling on Noah's life is placing a calling on yours and a calling on mine. The same God that finally brought the rain will keep his promises to you and to me. So when the world shouts, you are mistaken, you are crazy, what are you thinking? We need to direct our hearts to God because God is good and God is faithful. And so, friends, build the boat and let it rain. Let's pray. Father in heaven, God, we praise you for your faithfulness to us. Just as you showed the way for Noah to be saved from the flood, you sent Jesus Christ to be our Savior. Father, you are loving and kind. You're always present, always available, always protecting. If you say it, we know we can believe it. Father, give us increased capacity for unshakable faith in you. Give us faith to confidently build boats in the desert. Show us each day your hand in your, our lives. Help us to discern your plans for us. Father, give us courage to always walk in your will. We thank you for your renewed faith and trust in us. And God, we trust you. Amen.